It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Latest of what uh, is uh, going on, this from Fox. Uh, though Majority Leader Mitch McConnell directed Republican uh, the Republican majority to pass the House uh, coronavirus package, despite its flaws, the Senate could not come to an agreement and will take up the bill later on today with an amendment from Senator Rand Paul. The bill needed 60 votes to pass the upper chamber, and McConnell originally said the Senate would not take a recess until the bill was passed. Uh, we're going to move here in warp speed for the Senate, which almost never does anything quickly, McConnell said. A number of my members think that there were considerable shortcomings in the House bill. My counsel to them is to gag and vote for it anyway, McConnell said Tuesday after lunching with his fellow Republicans. A senior uh, GOP source told Fox News over the weekend not to underestimate the challenge the Senate would face in passing the bill. Some GOP lawmakers worry that the paid leave portion of the bill would hurt small businesses. Of course it would. The House bill would cap paid leave at companies with 500 employees and businesses with fewer than 50 employees could apply for a waiver. But as we have said before, by putting that burden on, you're hurting those businesses right at that time. Even some Democrats have said, no, have the government pay it, not the small business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because, you you know, because you're you're putting that on your, uh, them at that point. The Senate re- remained in session all day with the measures uh, without agreement, after Paul objected to the measures, now the Senate will try to approve a coronavirus package sometime today and to vote on the amendment by Rand Paul. The House bill, which has the support of President Trump, would make corona, uh, coronavirus testing free, expand unemployment to aid to the states, offer 14 paid sick days, and extend emergency leave for workers dealing with the coronavirus. Offer 14 paid sick days. Does that mean we get 14 paid sick days? Do we get that? No. <laughs> if, if, the, if, if Congress does anything that's supposed to help us, Eric and my taxes will go up. Like last time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, 14... Paid sick days. You know, companies that can't afford this, the only thing that they're going to go to, I mean, 14 days. The layoff. You're going to, the first thing they'll do is lay people off. Um, But then they'll go to a policy of, okay, it's paid time off, which can be used as sick leave. leave, But the problem is, yeah, I took my vacation in January, paid time off, but now I'm sick and you're not letting me take off in December. Right. Um, Companies adjust. The private sector will adjust when the government, you know, throws a huge regulatory cost at them. Uh, Rand Paul's amendment would require a Social Security number for those who may get aid and would end U.S. involvement in Afghanistan by the end of the year. The Senate hopes to vote at noon on Paul's amendment, though it will likely fail. And then the Senate will move uh, to vote on the House package after that. That shows the unseriousness of Rand Paul. 
Yeah. Why why are we throwing all this other stuff on? Right. Not saying you can't come up with an amendment to to end the involvement in Afghanistan by the end of the year. Don't link one to the other. Yeah, right. You want to do that, but right. put, a, put a separate measure right. on the floor. On this one, just say, my requirement would be to require a Social Security number for those who get aid. Right. End of story. If you wish to introduce another amendment on foreign policy mm-hmm. and do the Afghanistan bill, fine. Why do we why do we dislike people in Washington DC because they do things just like that? Right. Rand Paul was the solo no vote on the eight point three billion dollar uh coronavirus spending bill that the Senate passed uh earlier uh this month. The Senate will then work to negotiate its own package. And Fox News has learned that Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin is uh presenting uh, a uh, and pressing GOP senators for a package that would send $200 billion plus in payments directly but to Americans by mid-April. Mm. And that's part of the, the $850 billion package. Right. So there's there's where we are right now. And did Dow Futures freeze? Because I looked at it earlier and it was at the... Um, did it end up freezing? I don't know. I haven't checked in a minute. Okay. Uh, you had an update on uh, yesterday, but again, yes. you're going to, those are, heard someone call it a ledge. Basically, it's a, you know, it's like a, okay, we got a little bit back, but then continue to, you know, it's almost like a, a rest break. But they continue yeah. the, the market. Uh, there was someone who, on CNBC yesterday and I didn't recognize this person, but they they talked about the um, that we may be getting very close to the bottom. But I don't know how in the world you can say that when we don't even know everything there is to know about COVID itself. That, and that's why. I mean, that's it. If it's an unknown, that's the worst thing for the the stock market. And that's why I've said what everybody is looking for is what you see over in Asia right now. If they mm-hmm. believe the turn is going in the opposite direction. Yeah. Or there are fewer people getting it. By the way, they did freeze it because it's been at 821 for the last couple of hours. Okay. Okay. So All right. Circuit breakers must have kicked in. Yeah. So, and it was right down at 4%. So. Okay. So yeah. there's, there's where we are. So who knows? I mean, it, it, it could be a day, it could be a day where initially, again, Minucci may come out and say, look, we've got, you know, we, the Senate will probably pass the one bill. Which will help help it and goes. All right, now we're working on this other bill that we hope to get passed here in the next uh, day or two, and then send it to the House, mm-hmm. and we'll get this uh, we'll get this huge monstrosity of a bailout. I guess I can't say infrastructure because it's not an infrastructure bill. No, uh, 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 bailout uh, emergency funding because it's a combination of both because mm-hmm. it would it would encompass a ton of different things, including the payments. To Americans, and the whole point is that the Senate does it. They're daring the House not to. Democrats will vote for it. Yeah, right. They're not going. They're not going to. They're not going to say we're not going to be on board for something like that. And at that point, because I think the stock market number one is responding to Mnuchin saying there could be twenty percent unemployment. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing was the fact that the Senate, if you're looking at Dow futures, the Senate didn't pass the bill last night, which was expected. And they're like, okay, how long is this going to take? Right. Will it take longer to pass this? particular bill but the pressure is on and you and i said this if you were listening to this show we said this is going to happen and there's going to be people complaining six months from now saying 
look at this. Three hundred billion of it was just thrown down the toilet. It doesn't matter right now. Right. Aside from the Rand Paul amendment, I mean, you can pretty much throw anything related financially on, and right. you know, it's and it it goes both ways. You dare the the House Democrats, um, but the Democrats, you know, throw something over to the uh, the Senate. And dare and, them not to pass. And Rand Paul can't even be serious because if he, if the only amendment was to put a Social Security number on it, well, then at least that's a serious bill. What you're trying to right. say is we're trying to put some type of fiscal restraint so it goes to American citizens. Right. And by him putting the Afghanistan, and we need to be out of Afghanistan by the end of the year, shows it's not, a, is, he's not serious about it. Right. George Soe's. Shows that nobody cares about the spending. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, that's it. I mean, you, um, again, you look at the principle of, of giving people money. And uh, and then you get into the game, the back and forth. I mean, you, you have to have the discussion about paid sick leave. Because is that going to help or hurt? Well, the individual wants it, but they don't want to pay for it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um the Democrats, even as you mentioned, even some of them know that it's going to hurt business. You're going to have layoffs. And you can't afford right now to, you know, keep fueling that fire and uncertainty for small business. You can't. Let's go to Mo in Washington, D.C. Mo, you're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hey, I just wanted to run a couple of ideas by you guys. Um, I was going to say money has value because we give it value. I mean, we're in a fight for survival right now. When you're trying to survive, um, you're not really, I mean, most people don't benefit off the stock market unless they have a 401k or TSP or something like, like that. But what I wanted to ask you guys, do you think the banks could help out by maybe, you know, not allowing people not to have to pay their mortgage for six months or rent? The utility companies, the gas companies, I mean, they've been making money off of us. Well, you just said the economy wasn't imp- you just said the economy wasn't important. No, 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 the stock market, the, mar- the market. Well, the stock market is a representation of of, of the 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 cash that is being invested in companies. So, it is exactly. more than just whether it's more than whether just the person themselves benefits from an increase in the stock market it is how corporations are capitalized so the economy is important it's just what's important to you no i said not as important that's what i'm saying well number one number one we're not number one we're not fighting for our survival as a species that is incorrect we're not fighting that's not true what you're saying the people that are dying that that's not true what you're saying See, you guys are comfortable in where you are. So that's why you can say that. But people are dying. Well, let, let, so let, Mo, dies, Mo, 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 let me ask you this, Mo. Stop with the, over, stop Mo. With the over-the-top rhetoric the, here for a moment. It, it, 33, it's not rhetoric, man. 30,000, if you're not going to listen, right. we're going to let you go. Right. you got 30,000 plus that die on highways every year. Are you going to stop people from driving? And as, as uh, of course, as I stated, when you say we're fighting for our survival, you didn't say that there are people dying and we need to be considerate of those people that are dying and need to do whatever we can because 
That's something that we have brought up on the show. When you say you're fighting for our survival, and as I stated, we are not fighting for the survival of the civilization and society. Right. That's what I stated, and you took that out of context to make it seem like I don't care about human lives. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to get too far uh, with that, but that shows you're not serious about actually having a discussion. Well, you're not. And the point being is that there's a ton of unknowns, and we've been pointing this out from right. the beginning. Right. And we have stated the fact of why we are in the situation that we're in because of the great uh, unknown uh, uh, of it. But it shows that you simply wish to play politics by making that case. You're the one that said, you know, this is about our survival. It's not about our the survival of our species. It is the survival about any disease is about the survival of certain individuals, especially the elderly. But, of course, you're trying to make it seem like we are uncaring people because of the position that we are in. Uh, and, of course, that's inaccurate. We're concerned about anybody who is is uh, is suffering. But we do appreciate your call. But you get to the over-the-top rhetoric, and then you don't want to have a discussion on it. Then there's no point. Then, yeah. If you don't want to have... A discussion, we, there, there's not going to be one. Yeah, we we did state that, and I've already re, you know received from my bank on my credit cards, mm-hmm. where a lot of people, banks are being proactive already. Mm-hmm. We couldn't get to it with the caller. Banks are being proactive and, and stating, uh, if you've got problems, give us a call. They right. probably want you to make interest payments on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you had some mortgage companies come in, some banks, and actually say that. I don't know if that's happening yet. I have seen that being suggested. Right. But I know with my now my credit card company, it might be for more than the credit card because it came from the bank. If you're having trouble with your payments because of the coronavirus, give us a call and we'll work it out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they would work it out. I just have a credit card with that company. So I assume to me it was a credit card, but they didn't say credit card only. Right. So banks are already reaching out, uh, I think, to people every Things that aren't even related to anything coronavirus, I'm being reached out to by companies, yeah. and and stating if you, there's going to be a problem. So yes, uh, there are there are uh, organizations that are that are doing that. Yeah, I mean the private sector has stepped up in a big way. I get emails from uh, companies every single day telling me you know what their policy is and what they're going to be doing, and the fact of the matter is, you know that's a prime example. That call is the prime example of of how the whole bailout or stimulus is going to fall short. You have to do something. They're going to have to do something because they don't want to be seen as doing nothing. But it will fall short with people because they'll say, well, that's not enough. Well, and the other thing is where people will say, and we get this all the time, where people say, we shouldn't be thinking about this. We should be thinking about that. Hmm. No, we should be thinking about everything. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can, as a society, look and say, number one, uh, how serious, you know, how serious is this? We can search for the the the, the vaccine. Uh, we can monitor to find out because information is very important to the public through testing kits. The more you can test, the more you can get a more of a realization of what the fatality rate or the seriousness of the disease rate is. And you can focus on the economic uh, the economics of it and people that will be hurt economically speaking. It isn't one and none of the others matter. Mm-hmm. 
It's a matter in our society of being able to walk and chew gum at the same time and handling all of those things. But the last caller was trying to make the case, and we get this all the time, only this matters, that doesn't matter. No, it all matters. Well, because the 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 Dow is an indication, uh, if you look at it, the Dow and NASDAQ, the market, is an indication of what's going on and can tell you some things fundamentally in those individual stocks, what's going on right. with those companies. Right. That's important to know. Absolutely. 866-90-RED-EYE. Mechanics like to call oil analysis a blood test for your engine. It's an apt comparison, since engine conditions can give you a quick read on the health of the entire machine and an early alert to impending problems. An engine oil analysis can provide clues about the health of your engine without any invasive surgery. By analyzing a sample of used engine oil, you can determine the amount of contamination, the wear rates, and overall condition of your engine. The real benefit of an oil analysis is that it acts as an early warning system, alerting you to potential problems before they become an equipment failure. And oil analysis isn't for just one kind of driver or one kind of vehicle. The tests benefit all engines, from passenger cars to fleet vehicles to agricultural equipment. To start, you'll need to purchase an oil analysis kit. Many Cenex brand dealers and CHS cooperatives sell lube scan kits which contain everything you need for analysis. You can also find kits online and at auto parts stores. You'll then need to extract a small sample of used engine oil from your vehicle and mail this to the lab for testing. All lube scan kits are sent to ALS, a global testing service for analysis. For more information, visit Cenex.com. This maintenance tip is brought to you by TA Truck Service. More bays, more expertise, more solutions. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, just the response I see from the people that are waiting in line mm-hmm. uh, concerning the last caller who said, you know, the, the stock market, uh, the economy, things like that. Are, right. It seems like from the response, I'm getting emails and everything else, the economy is important to a significant number of people out there. Well, of course it is. <laughs> and, and again, the stock market isn't... isn't Look, the stock market always is not an indication of it, but this is an indication of the stock market, what's going on, that we are producing and manufacturing less because of coronavirus. Right. And so, of course, it's of course it's important. And again, we we normally don't I didn't know he was the person was going to go there, but we normally don't deal with people that are only this matters and nothing else does mm-hmm. because it really doesn't work that way. There's a ton of things that are important. Saving lives are important, sure. which is why, because of the great unknown, what's going on in our society, but also the quality of life of the American people is also important. They're all important. Right. Saving lives are important. Quality of life during what is absolutely imbued as a international disaster, right. which is going on right now, the quality of life of human beings is also important. It's all important.
They don't speak, Boomer. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Let's go to some calls, all right? All right. We, go to, we go to Thomas in uh, California. Thomas, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, uh, good morning, gentlemen. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks. Um, my, my topic is about the coronavirus, and I, I, I think the Trump administration is doing amazing things to, uh, to arrest the, the spread of this virus. I, I do think, though, there might be too much emphasis placed on the tests being pushed out and well i do think it's important to to for for private industries to make these tests i I don't think that that's the answer all nor do i think the trump administration feels that but i I do think there's just by reading various articles online and just getting a general sense uh after communicating with people in the public that the test kits might be the 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 next big step that we need to take And, and and i'm looking at it from the perspective like okay so now you've been diagnosed with coronavirus what good is that going to do you that it, that it couldn't have done five minutes ago. I mean, okay, you, well, you well, to, okay. Let's let's to, slow down. Let's slow down for a minute here. This almost goes back to the last caller. The government is concerned with both of those. What an article says something is meaningless. It's what is the, what is the government doing? The government is concerned. All the governments are concerned worldwide with finding a cure. Without mm-hmm. quite, they're, they're, everybody is on. The, the 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 vaccine the president uh, they they've ensured that there's billions of dollars available but the other thing they're both important the testing is important because the testing gives you the information about the disease everything that we're in right now is because we don't know everything every the, the reason we're in the reason that everything has not everything but the reason that we're in this slowdown that we're in unprecedented is because we don't know the testing kits will get you closer to understanding what the fatality rate is how many people have it throughout the population you need when you have a when you have a virus with in anything information is absolutely imperative so both are important but it gets back to and look i'm not coming down on the last guy but it just we we hear it all the time as if people well we should be focusing on this and not this no you can focus on a multitude of things. Well, and I think it's imperative uh, the because what they're trying to learn really is the viability of this virus. You yes. Know, before, because if you get to a point where you have a vaccine, um, great. But at this point, they have to learn about the spread. Uh, you and I were just going on uh, reading on about a uh, – a, uh, one of the uh, World Health Organization officials. And she said, you know, okay, we're learning about the viability in terms of the airborne yes, right. uh, qualities of this um, virus. And, and she made some good points. But again, it points to the fact that they don't know everything. Okay, so that has to be learned. It has to be learned. And one of the things you do is you test... If a person is positive, you ask them about their travel, who they've been with, where they, you know, where they've been, and that way they can know about the spread of that disease. I mean, it's it's imperative, but it's all important to say right. we shouldn't focus on the test kits. That's actually that's that's part of the whole ground zero approach. You have to. That's how you learn. 
That's how the medical community learns and treats. So, again, um, the nature of the virus, the nature of the uh, disease caused by the virus, they have to learn all of it to find, again, um, hopefully one day a, a cure or at least a vaccine. Yeah, I I don't, I just, uh, maybe I get a little frustrated because it was the second call in a row where it's sort of, the, the argument is we need to be concerned about this and not this as much. Mm-hmm. No, you're concerned about all of it. It's a multi-prong effort across right. the board. It's like the the testing is important, finding an eventual vaccine. In fact, the testing, uh, again, right now is extremely important because the vaccine won't be viable and won't be fully tested for about a year. Mm-hmm. So you want to know where it is. Right. So it's critical that you have the, the 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 testing out there and you increase it because your whole thing is to find out is to try to to uh to trace it. You know, I did you ever see the um uh the movie on AIDS uh was and the band played on? Uh was that yeah, it? the HBO movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And what was interesting was, you know, how trying to follow it. Right, right. You know, trying to follow where it came from, trying to trace it back. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're, you know, uh, there are teams trying to figure out how this thing is is spreading. We had somebody in my town, the first case in my city that came down with it, mm-hmm. hadn't traveled. Right. So the great the great, great question is, is learning as much about the virus while trying to cure it, learning as much about it as you possibly can. Uh so we don't have to be in this situation again. Mm-hmm. Even though we will be, there will be some other virus that comes. You and I will probably be dead when that happens. Right. Because they don't come along every year like, you know, uh, like this. So, uh, but it just, uh, at times it frustrates me because it's obvious that we, in in anything that we deal with in society, we don't focus on one thing. We focus on, all the things that are a concern to it. We, in this case, you're concerned with actually finding the vaccine, finding out what you can do if the vaccine isn't there that will that will work to try to get as many people through it as possible. Get the testing out there to find out how many people have it. How fatal is it? Do the research on how contagious is it? And... Also, because of what we have had to implement, the partial lockdown of a world of the world, not just our society, but the world society is what should the government do in order to provide the disaster relief that is necessary and to ensure that the economy is in the in, in the best case to rebound. So the quality of life of Americans can remain there. So Americans and everybody around the world, each country's concerned about it, that this virus is not going to shut down our society for any significant period of time. All of those are extremely important things to be concerned with. Right. And to me, maybe it just seems so obvious I get frustrated. Mm-hmm. When people seem yeah. to say, oh, well, just focus on that. Not that. No, you focus on everything. Right. I mean, we do in our lives every day. Well, I mean, it's like saying, well, the cancer research should stop and everybody should focus 
on this or that. There, look, we are a it, we we all want to come up with a solution, don't we? I mean, mm-hmm. th- this is what we're looking to do. But throwing it in one absolute direction or the other, well, you or are, something like this. You or I don't because we're comfortable and just because of our position, we're immune to the virus. Yeah, right. We would. We wouldn't, by the way, to the caller, just so you know, I fit both categories, mm-hmm. age and underlying condition. Mm-hmm. Right. So to that caller who said, so if I, if I don't care about anybody else, yeah. <laughs> I do, <laughs> there is the, uh, the self-concern. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you know, I, I just, it, it's. It, we're a pretty amazing society, if you think about it. I mean, you think about the, the, the people who work in the medical field. Yeah, you were just talking about I mean, that. How do they um, protect themselves? How do they protect themselves? But, I mean, look at all of the work that's being done. How brilliant these minds are. Mm-hmm. Having um, an opinion about a disease that's unknown doesn't make much sense to me. You know what I mean? People want to—they—they uh, they, they want to speculate to the point of conclusion, uh, or some people just want to dismiss it and say, "Look, wash your hands and and go about your day." People are free to do whatever they want to do, depending on the local current situation and and codes and restrictions in place. But I mean, in terms of their overall approach, if that's your approach, okay, great. But that's not how a society works when they start, again, learning about something that the scientific community doesn't know everything about. Panic? Yeah, for some people. Most people aren't panicked, but no, they're, they're really con- greatly concerned. Right, and they're concerned about a variety of different things. Exactly. To sit there and say that people concerned that, you know, well, your 401k is being shot to hell. Well, I don't have a 401k, so it doesn't matter. Well, wait a minute. Somebody who has saved their entire life mm-hmm. and sat there and invested and done it wisely, and and it's extremely important to them. People's wealth is important to them. Everybody's wealth is important to them, whether you only have a little bit of wealth or whether you have a lot of wealth. It doesn't make any of that wrong right. to be concerned about that at all. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you on that. And you and I've talked about it from the beginning. We stated day one that we started talking about this. We said, look, this isn't political for us. It's mm. a virus. A virus isn't political. We're not going to be afraid to tell you we don't know because we're not doctors. And you know something? What we have found out is the doctors out there that say, we don't know. Right. And it's easy to find out that the doctors don't know, even that there's a ton of things they don't know. Just go to the CDC website, mm-hmm. and they make the case we don't know. And the one thing you were talking about, the World Health Organization doctor, that they're now, you know, during the, the test, they're wondering, okay, can this, they're still not sure, mm-hmm. but can this actually live, and does it thrive more in the warm weather? Mm-hmm. Right. That Because there was, remember, everybody on, I can tell you, social media, no, 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 as soon as it, the cold comes or the warm comes, it'll die. And we brought up that one theory of the flu, what happens with the flu, and then other doctors saying, we don't know if this is the same thing. We don't know. And we're not going to say it because we don't know. Hopefully it is the same, but we don't know. Right. And again, she wasn't coming to a final conclusion. 
No. She, no. Yeah, she, she was pointing she, to one study. Right. She was pointing to one study saying, is is this the case? And as we have stated, when we have used any study out there, if it's not peer review, we tell you this is not a peer reviewed study at this particular point. Mm-hmm. So talking about possibilities is different than speculating to the point of a definitive conclusion. Right. Of something that even the best scientists and, and uh, doctors don't know and haven't come to any type of peer review conclusion on, you know, they don't know. Right. And in the mass public, nah, this is the way it is because uh, the flu is the same way. This isn't a regular flu virus. Right. It's a different virus. And it's so that becomes frustrating, too, because people want to come to definitive conclusions based on an opinion on everything. Right. Well, my it's my opinion. So. I mean, again, um, it's I guess there's too much misinformation being spread about it because you get to misinformation by repeating things that aren't conclusive. And I think that becomes the danger. Dr. Drew was talking about that the other day. He said, listen to the people that are in charge of this and, and you know, the CDC or World Health Organization and, and what they're learning. Those are the people you pay attention to. For us, it's about, again, uh, we've been covering how people behave, how companies behave, how lo- uh, local communities and, and states and counties and the federal government behaves. When it comes to coronavirus itself, COVID-19, we don't know. Just tons of questions. Listen to the medical professionals that are handling it. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara along with Eric Harley. I didn't see that. So movie theaters are thinking of, since movie theaters are being closed, to put just... Put it out on, on demand. Yeah, the studios that, that the studios, produce the right. movies, uh, they're putting uh, new releases now on demand. And that way you could rent it through um, an Amazon or um, any on-demand service. Uh, uh, and you could stream the movie instead because uh, the theaters are, you know, you got theaters across the country that are that are closed, that aren't going to open. And, and you think about a movie, uh, I'm sure these movie production companies sit there and go, this movie's coming out now, and then yeah. two months from now we can release this. Right. So if everything, they've got to look at it and say, if everything is backed up for two months, yeah. what do we do? Do we, right. have to, do we have to push everything behind, or do we sit there and see how much we can recoup initially? I mean, mm-hmm. and th- now that's an interesting concept. Yeah, right. You know, but we talk about it. If workers don't have to be at work anymore, if you can work at home, not all workers, right. well, is it the point where movie production companies might say do we really need movie theaters and is mm. this a time to test that right yeah um the movie producers the the directors and producers are the ones that really want you to see it on a big screen in in many cases yes it depends on the yes. movie but they want that um you know because uh you know the the whole letterbox remember the the the, mm-hmm. the debate about that look the director wants you wants you to see that wide shot that's the way it was meant to be seen and enjoyed. So um, they're the ones that want to keep things going, and, and of course, they're going to find a way.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. RedEyeRadioShow.com where we stream live or get our app, put it on your phone, and listen whenever you want to. In the news this morning. I've always known this is a, this is a real, this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. All you had to do is look at other countries. I think now it's in almost 120 countries all over the world. Uh, No, I've always viewed it as very serious. There was no difference yesterday from days before. Uh, The president, uh, as he is almost every day now, uh, being part of the press conferences that are being held on uh, COVID-19, also talking about disaster loans yesterday. We're deeply committed to ensuring that small businesses have the support they require The Small Business Administration announced disaster loans which provide impacted businesses with up to $2 million, and we've asked Congress to increase the SBA Lending Authority. We're going to be going up to $50 billion and actually much more than that for small businesses, so they'll be helped. And it looks like a little bit later on today, the Senate will finally vote on the House bill that was delayed yesterday. Rand Paul put in uh, an amendment that would require Social Security numbers would be needed for anybody who uh, got any type of, uh, of of assistance. But he also tagged onto the bill that the war in Afghanistan must end at the end of the year. You and I talked about that uh, uh, earlier. Uh, Mitch McConnell, though, uh, was saying that the Republicans, hey, they got to suck it up. And even if things aren't great in that House bill, they need to pass it. A number of my members think there are considerable shortcomings in the House bill. Uh, my counsel to them is to gag and vote for it anyway, even if they think it has some shortcomings, and to address those shortcomings in the bill that we're in the process of crafting. I cannot predict how long we will be here, but we'll be here as long as it takes to pass yet another measure beyond the one that came over from the House. Meanwhile, looking at the markets... Dow futures down frozen overnight. Yeah. Must have hit the circuit breakers. 821 yeah. down and, 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 uh, and, and, and they did. They, uh, I saw the, uh, the news at CNBC and it said they hit the, what they call the limit down on pre markets. So, um, that's only happened a handful of times. Uh, you're right. hit that, uh, 5% mark and, and it's down. And seems to always happen on our show. Oh, yeah. that's because that's when the futures market yeah. uh, is. Part of the reason is uh, because uh, the leaked story that uh, came out that Steve Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary, told GOP senators mm-hmm. yesterday that basically encouraged them to pass the bill and saying, if you don't, if this stimulus doesn't happen, we could see unemployment rate, an unemployment rate as great as 20% uh, out uh, uh, of this now. If they end up passing the House bill tomorrow and then craft a Senate bill, which looks like it will get through the House and get through the House at the end of the week, maybe that will reverse where the stock market futures have gone today. Again, who knows? You just don't know. You and I talking about the fact that 
when we go to sleep before we, you know, before the show, we go to sleep and then get up a couple hours before our nap, our nap before, uh, that how many times the, whatever we thought going to sleep has changed by the time we, we, uh, we woke up and, uh, yesterday was another one of those days. So there's where we stand, uh, uh, right now. Uh, U.S. and Canada in other news. Uh, also preparing for more border restrictions. This is from thehill.com. The United States and Canada are working on a plan to bar non-essential travel between the two countries. According to multiple reports late Tuesday, a Canadian government official told Associated Press that the two countries were working out the details of a new restriction uh, ahead of the expected announcement. The Canadian Broadcasting uh, Corporation reported that the plan could be announced as early as today. The deal would allow some commercial traffic and let Canadian citizens return home, but would broadly close the U.S.-Canadian border to tourists and shoppers, according to CBC. A Trump administration official told CNN that the new restrictions were aimed at ensuring that trade and business between the two countries continue. The outlet noted that officials were still working on defining non-essential travel. You know, you and I were talking about what is going on, what do they call it, the stay-in-place uh, philosophy in, in mm-hmm. San Francisco and saying, look, you got to be careful with this because, you know, you and I talked yesterday about about what they were doing there, saying if you're out and about and you shouldn't be, it could be a misdemeanor, but the police will be extremely friendly and, uh, you know, and uh, even though it could be a misdemeanor, they'll be extremely courteous about it, which will mean they'll tell you to go back home. Mm-hmm. But you and I said, how do you figure out what's essential? Going for groceries is essential. But what about business? When you talk about business, because they talked about the businesses that they would, that they would uh, allow to stay open and people to travel to and from work. And you and I said, where's where's the bread company workers there? Right. You know, someone who works at a bread company, and a lot of the bread companies are regional. Right. You know, they, you know, they, right. Because they, they want to ship as fresh, fresh as possible. Uh, you know, to the particular area that 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 they're in. Well, are they considered essential? I'd consider them essential. What about dairy farmers? What about dairy production? Mm-hmm. Yep, food to anything in food distribution is is that all under the 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 grocery section that gets uh, you know the um, the the ability to to travel. Mm-hmm. So again, is it something where they've just stating, look, uh, it's Basically, a mandatory curfew, quarantine, whatever you wish to call it, except we're really not going to enforce it. It's just another encouragement, another level of encouragement for you to stay home. Right. I would say most people that I know, now you had a bunch of young people out partying this past weekend. Uh, and bars, a lot of bars, you know, are being closed. I know uh, places around me now are, are actually uh, closing, some actually voluntarily, mm-hmm. just saying that they're not going to do it because of the actual recommend maybe not a mandate but the recommendation coming down from the the city but i do think that after this past weekend there seems to be a more serious message that's out there yeah i think so it's it's um i think people are making their own decisions based on recommendations uh others are you know going about their their way i i don't know how you and we talked about this yesterday how do you enforce what's going on in san francisco i mean I don't know. There, there, there wouldn't be enough. You, I don't think you can. I don't yeah. think you can. No. And the, if the economy is hurting, you're really going to send somebody a fine? By the way, is there an Antifa exception? Right. Just wondering. I, mm-hmm. you know, 
Well, the Antifa, well, no, they can go out. They can protest if they want. That's, right. That's required. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> You and I were talking off the air. Uh, 538, they had this article, you know, what's a campaign without a rally? Yeah. Now, the president has the advantage because he's, well, he's working as the president. He's He gets lots of coverage. Uh, his rallies are huge over the top. Um, they're not going to be having any for a while. But Biden, Biden's got to go convince. The only thing he can do is TV. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, you're going to, and I'm guessing they're going to set up one central camera. They did, they did this a couple of weekends ago when he was on the Sunday morning shows. Uh, the, the morning he called, um, he called uh, Chris Wallace uh, Chuck. And you can set it up in that location, and then he can just make himself available, you know, to pretty much any news organization. But you don't have the the real stumping on the road because it's not recommended. In fact, and he's in the high-risk category, um, it's probably recommended especially for him not to be traveling. You know, you and I were talking about the supply chain out there, and we had mentioned that the Department of Transportation had designated that truck that, you know, basically truck stops yes. on all the, the interstates that those are deemed as necessary uh, businesses because we need to get the stuff yes. to the, the grocery stores. I want to go to Wade in Springfield, Missouri, because Wayne works for a food delivery service for hospitals and senior citizen centers. And so we just thought it'd be a great thing to get him on to talk about how if whether that's running smoothly or not. Wade, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, I just want to say I really enjoy your level-headedness on everything going on. Thank uh, you. There's only about two two talk shows I can listen to, and that's y'all on Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> well, thanks. But, um, Thank you. I, I do work for a uh, local food service, full-line distributor. Uh, we're kind of like Cisco, U.S. Foods, but on a smaller scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do cover seven states out of Springfield. We have a lot of hubs. Right. Um, right now, it's, all, it's, it's really business as usual. The routes are a little bit smaller. But um, we do a, a ton of public schools across a few states. Oh. And I don't know if a lot of people knew this or not, but they are required to still feed the children. Yes. So they, um, we're still making deliveries to schools. Mm. We have to have the sack lunch, breakfast, and the sack lunch, you know, lunch. Right. Uh, senior centers um, are closed to the public, but they still have to do meals on wheels. So we're still delivering to those nursing homes. We're not allowed in the building. We drop everything outside. Mm. And then um, so far, mom-and-pop restaurants, everybody's still eating inside around here. Some uh, some counties have gone to drive through only. And then uh, I think delivery, I've heard that it's credit card only, and it's kind of like a uh, drop at the door, ring the bell, and they... The delivery person, you know, runs away. <laughs> right. You're not finding but, um, you're not finding any supply problems though. No, we're still getting supplied every day. I've got uh, we're still we still have toilet paper. <laughs> it may not be the kind that the customer wants, but you know they're getting what they get right now. Yeah. But not. I mean, I was I was walking the warehouse yesterday. Probably it's the last time they just they just kind of put a lockdown on the dry side and the uh, cooler side where. Typically, the, only the builders and the loaders can go inside. Now, we pull up and our paperwork is in our trucks, and we hook up to our trailer and take off. We're not even allowed in the building anymore. Did you guys we're get required the, to wipe our trucks down every day with you know Clorox wipes? Right. 
Uh, did you guys get the waiver from the FMCSA on hours of service? I'm, I, I would imagine you did. Uh, not yet, because uh, we don't really long haul. We, uh, okay. The All right. We have the, uh, the shuttle drivers might, but as, as of right now, no, we're, most of us are home every day. So. Okay. All right. Uh, you guys were are, are in a certain where do you fall under the um, certain mile radius exemption most of the time? Uh, not not no. We're um, we're allowed to pretty much go. I guess within our delivery area. We, uh, yeah, but everybody we goes have, home we, every we do night. Have one driver, right? Okay. We do have what, a couple of drivers that go to Texas and Louisiana for um, one chain that we have. Hmm. Right. But yeah. Hmm. Well, I'm starting uh, to feel in a little bit. You know, it's you know, it's good to hear and thank you, Wade. We appreciate yes, you we um, yeah. uh, letting us know and giving you know some perspective. Uh, again, as you mentioned, Gary, um, the the uh, FMCSA coming out and saying no, the truck stops are essential, and not only will they stay open, they'll stay open twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. And so we heard from uh, a number of our sponsors. Uh, and and companies that uh, advertise with us, and they're telling us they're open. Now, the buffet's closed, but they still have food. Um, showers uh, are open. Uh, fuel islands are, you know, they're not running on, they're running into any shortages on fuel. Uh, so food, fuel, showers, still there, must be there, must stay there. And, of course, the federal government rec- recognizes that. Um it will be interesting to see uh, because, you know, really what we had is these spot gaps in the supply chain. But it's not a shortage. It's different. It's basically a run on the stores, mm-hmm. right? Um, and big rigs don't move at the speed of light. <laughs> but they do move. Beaming's going to replace them. Yeah, right. Beam it up. <laughs> Beam it up, Scotty. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is... It, but it it's again. I think you and I talked about it yesterday. All right, let's say you did. You got into um, uh, the uh, the prepper mode, right? And you filled your pantry. All right, now your pantry's full. Now you're going to go back to the the regular consumption. You know, you're not going to keep filling right. your house. Right. You know, more and more and more and more. Uh, the average consumer, even if they were hoarding, you know, a closet full of t- toilet paper, well. They'll go back to their normal consumption habits, and we'll start seeing those shelves less depleted. Um, and the supply chain is not broken right now. 866-90-RED-EYE. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue Tuesday, via video message, gave a shout-out to those he calls real heroes in keeping the nation fed during the threat of coronavirus. Everyday heroes are stocking the shelves of your grocery store. Truck drivers are keeping supply networks open and functioning. Food service workers across the country are preparing the products at markets. And school lunch workers are keeping America's families and children fed during this time of school closures. USDA's food safety inspectors continue to ensure the food we eat is safe, healthy, and nutritious. America's farmers and ranchers and those on the front line in the food service industry are doing their part, and we are forever grateful. Secretary Purdue also assured citizens that our nation's food supply chains remain strong. 
and encourage consumers to remain calm and responsible during the emergency. While it's important to have shelf-stable foods on hand, there's no need to hoard items. It is critical that shelves remain stocked and supplies remain plentiful. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I I guess we can't ignore it completely. (laughs) Joe Biden winning uh, all three states uh, yesterday by very, very uh, healthy margins, uh, winning Florida 60, almost 60, 62% to 23%, uh, winning Illinois 59% to 36%, and winning Arizona uh, 43.6% to 31.6%. So it's over. Right. In case anybody didn't know, it's over Uh, now. uh, You know, uh, Biden trying to, uh, you know, trying to mm, sell himself to Bernie Sanders supporters uh, yesterday. Hmm. Uh, And Bernie Sanders still no no talk of of backing off or pulling out yet. Hmm. And uh, talking about as, as you had mentioned to me, you said, Gary, did you hear? Bernie Sanders is offering two thousand dollars, yeah, per family, and you right. said, but Tom Cotton's offering as much as four thousand. Right. So you have the conservative now offering more money than the socialist. Well, it's <laughs> Tom Cotton is out burning Bernie, <laughs> and uh, it, which is really interesting. Now, a spokesman for Tom Cotton's office said, "Well, he hasn't decided on a number. He did float that number, okay. but he didn't decide on that number." Uh, there hasn't because now they're talking about what a thousand per person, and it would right. be limited to everybody who earns under a million a year. Um, is this the uh, I'm Mitt Romney like me bill? Yeah, exactly. Hey, could you guys like me again? Yeah. Uh, but uh, Tom Cotton is on board with you know I I read earlier with uh, Mitt Romney's you know plan too. I think Bernie wants two thousand. Per household, right. So if you're a two, if there are two adults in the household, two earners in the household, they would get two thousand through Romney's bill as well. I don't know what the limit would be on that household. I think again, we you know we haven't seen the final version, but. Uh, We will soon. Here's your forecast. The potential for more severe weather today for the southern plains, central Texas, on up through portions of Oklahoma. And the thunderstorm risk will extend into Nebraska as well, as that saturating system continues to produce heavy showers. Moving on into Thursday, we see the system eventually picking up some steam and moving off to the east. Localized thunderstorms are possible right up along I-45 as you get into Oklahoma and I-40 over into Arkansas today. Most of the south will be dry from Louisiana over to Atlanta, up the I-95 corridor, and most of the Midwest dry today. That wet weather will begin to pick up for portions of the Midwest. Tomorrow is the first day of spring, but we still have plenty of snow activity in the west 
and potential blizzard conditions from Casper, Wyoming, over to Sioux Falls for Thursday into Thursday night. Your national forecast from Red Eye Radio, I'm meteorologist John Trout. Suck it up. Red Eye Radio. <laughs> he gets us in more trouble than we get ourselves into. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, so, yeah, it's over. I mean, Biden, um, even though I did see the one national poll, Reuters, where he went from being down 21 on the national level, Sanders mm-hmm. did, to only being down nine, but the other polls still show him down in pretty large double-digit uh, figures, so right. a lot to do was made of that Reuters poll, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I'd make a, I don't know if I'd make a big deal out of it, uh, or uh, or or not. So just looking at Fox News here, uh, coronavirus can uh, l- uh, linger uh, for hours more with the. This is a the top Fox News article here mm-hmm. with most of the U.S. hunkered down for the near future, an important factor of uh, understanding COVID-19 could spread inside a home. Much remains a mystery. CDC's website said that services can be contaminated with COVID-19. The website added, though, there are no known cases that it started in that manner. Even so, a new study by the National Institutes of Health, CDC, UCLA, and Princeton University found that the virus can remain infectious in droplets in the air for hours and surfaces for days. A study in the New, Jer- New, Jer- New England Journal of Medicine suggested that people may get the virus after touching contaminated uh, objects. The scientists found that severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus was detectable in aerosols for up to three hours, up to four hours on copper, up to 24 hours on cardboard, and up to two to three days on plastic and stainless steel, according to the National Institutes of Health. I want to make clear, though, as I read this, this is the study that came out about three days ago. Is it not? Uh, I believe it's the same I'm, study. Yeah, yeah. yeah if it's not the same right. study, they're coming to the exact same conclusion. Mm-hmm. Which, remember, other flu virus could stay on services for like up to seven days. Right. Scientists from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases uh, mimic the virus being transmitted from an infected person onto everyday services in a household or hospital setting by coughing or touching objects. The agency said the scientists then investigated how long the virus remains infectious on these uh, surfaces. Uh, I'm trying to see in this article, because I just saw the article right now, even though the CDC has said on their website that contracting the new coronavirus from services has yet to be seen. The agency and uh, WHO have strongly suggested cleaning and disinfecting frequently touch services daily to limit the spread of the virus and i'm sitting here looking for this to see if this is peer-reviewed or not and they don't say because that was the one thing that was made from the study the other day that we read that had to be was that monday or friday i can't remember i think actually we talked about it on both days i think i think it goes back to friday okay yeah 
Yeah. I mean, they're publishing this as if this is a new story. And, uh, and right, right. So, uh, and I, like I said, when we just came out on the air, I just saw the story, so I just read it verbatim. You know, that was the lead story. Um, you know, that's one of the, the problems when there is this, well, when there are massive, massive stories, is that in the media, you'll see coverage of it, and one media group may be two or three days behind. And it's the same story. But if it is a different study, and it has same results, then that points to something. But again, that other study wasn't peer reviewed. Right. And I don't know if this is the exact same study that we read the other day. Like I said, it just right. came on the air. When we're coming on the air just yeah. five minutes, seconds before, I saw it was a lead Fox story, and I went, oh, is this another one? So uh, it may be the same since they came to the exactly this, the same conclusions. I just can't remember. I don't have the other study in front of me here at, uh, at the moment. But uh, getting back very quickly, uh, Biden, the big winner uh, last night, uh, I don't see any path for Bernie Sanders. Just no. don't see it. No. Don't see no. any path uh, whatsoever. I don't know. You know, it's it's really when when you think about it, if we were in different times where coronavirus wasn't dominating the news. I could understand Bernie staying in. Doing a ton of television interviews, but is after today, does anybody in the media really want to hear from Bernie? Is it really no. that necessary no. that no. Bernie Sanders speak and i'm talking about the mainstream media now there may be some of the mainstream media that are still trying to boost bernie right because they still don't like joe and well, sure. and so maybe he still will get some time but as you mentioned that one story that was out there what's a campaign without a rally and the only thing that you can get close to any type of public function is the president being out there every day talking about what coronavirus and where we should go to help the American people. Now, you can do a one-on-one interview, but it's not going to garner the press that every single press conference of this president gets uh, each each and every day. I don't know. I'm, I was thinking yesterday, when could anybody hold a rally? And I, I, right I, now, you can't, you can't. You can't. You can't. No, you can't. Impossible. So, I mean, we may get, um, uh, you had uh, Vice President, Pence yesterday say that that this could last into July. The president the other day, you know, could go all the way to August. They don't know. But you might get to convention with hardly any rallies. Let's hope that's not the case, because it, it would mean it would indicate that, you know, again, uh, the, the virus is slowing down. But the fact of the matter is, is that the president is getting media every day based on the coronavirus. Well, that's that's good and it's bad because he's being judged and and blamed for a lot of things that don't fall uh you know under his uh purview the the whole idea though of of uh biden (laughs) this may be a good thing for biden he's got fewer he's got less time less exposure less gaff time you 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 put out videos they're they're edited you put out commercials they're edited Mm mm-hmm and he doesn't do all the gaffes. You know, so you're controlling the message better. So it actually may be at least neutral for him and not bad. I think we will get today a better indication of where the Senate is going with what will be a massive, massive 
stimulus and government giveaway. Uh, how much it will be effective? Well, we'll start finding that out about six months after it's handed out, just like we did the last time that, that we did something uh, like this. Uh, you and I have talked about some of the things that we uh, view as necessary uh, in because of this, and it's so unprecedented. We still look at this and say we don't know how this how bad it's going to be. It's going to be bad for the markets. We've had a few people call and, and say, look, the economy's fine. No, it's not. No, nope. not it's, playing politics. It's uh, look. The president knows it's not. Why do you think he is backing all of this stimulus? He knows right. it's not. Right. So, uh, the the economy going into this, and we talked about this yesterday, from the facts on the ground, not politics. The facts on the ground. We were two percent growth. That's average growth. Now because. We don't have a huge available workforce out there. The labor market has been tight, and that has been wonderful. If you look at it for Republicans or the president, that's a wonderful thing to have because that means even the lowest skilled employee is seeing raises right, and seeing jobs that are available uh, for them. But the GDP was only 2%. Manufacturing the last four months of last year was contracting it was a negative yeah and the right. first two months of this year holding just steady at just about even uh that's not good news for manufacturing the good news has been american consumer spending the fear is except for food and toilet paper that may have stopped completely a couple of weeks ago some of the uh early manufacturing numbers are not good from the end of February through the first two weeks of March. You and I brought right. that up the other right. day, some of yeah. those numbers that that exist uh, uh, out there. Just how bad? No one knows. Mnuchin's saying it could yield a 20% jobless rate without action. Mm-hmm. Last week they were saying we could see a 3% reduction in GDP. Wall Street Journal mentioning a 10% reduction in GDP in the first, uh, in, in the first quarter. Uh, Number one, that would be that would be devastating because the majority of that would be in March. Yeah, right. When you think about it, because yeah. the majority of January and February, if you're including that in there, it shows that it is a massive drop in March. If we ever had a ten percent drop in GDP for the first quarter, mm-hmm. right? Right. And yeah. if, if we saw mm-hmm. that, that would be you would have to look and say, okay, that has to be the end of February and, and the, the you know and and all of March. Where, where that happens. So, uh, no, there there's some tough waters to to try to navigate through here for the next couple of months. Now, Mnuchin warning that there could be a 20% jobless rate without action. Uh, I don't know how he comes to that figure. Somebody's going to have to ask him that, but that would be devastating for the economy. Right. I mean, that is that is major, major, major major recession and as you said yesterday it was the first time you heard the d word right actually come up right um and it's going to be right now critical you uh you look at what what's going on capitol hill last week proposing some of the things that are in these bills you know it it would be you know it was it it was not going to happen now it's not about whether or not they're going to hand out money 
It's about how much. How much? Now, again, that's looking at that's looking at the reality of where the economy may be from not the media, right. but by the people that actually monitor that for the U.S. government. And it's important to say that because people will say, "Well, the media is saying that." It's not the media saying it. It's the administration saying it. It's right. the Trump administration uh, uh, saying it. Now, the you know, is there light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, if we're finding out from China that if they're on the downturn and they're getting less uh, instances and less uh, people be, being diagnosed with coronavirus, mm-hmm. if that's going in that direction, then there's a timeline that we can look at in the United States as to possibly where it would go. And I say possibly because there's so much about this virus we still don't know. And so as we had brought to you yesterday, some of the source stories out there saying some in the White House believe that that it is the best possible scenario is this thing is done in a month and we're moving in the right direction. I won't say done in a month, but we're moving in the right direction in a month where people can go back to work or whatever. Right. Uh, if that's the case, we recover quickly on this. If it just ends up being a month, month and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it starts extending longer now, the economic impact could be felt through July, August, September, October, November. The actual economic impact, if you have a huge unemployment rate, that might not get back to where it should be for a year or two. You don't know because we're in totally uncharted territory. But if it's over in a month, could it recuperate a lot quicker? Yeah, because there is no fundamental financial flaw right now in the system. Yeah, well, you would have that fewer would businesses it. going out of business, you know, in terms yes. of the mom and pops. Uh, you would have, again, a fairly healthy rebound. And Inventories need to be resupplied. Right, right. Uh, exactly. and, and that in itself uh, can help boost GDP. We've seen right. that. I mean, that, that can mm-hmm. boost GDP a point or two right. in itself, just replenishing inventories, which, remember, has been a problem since January, because I took yeah. a trip in January. Right. When I took a trip right. in January, I met a guy in Charlotte who sells auto parts and was telling me that the supply chains at the end of January were really being affected, and they had problems getting, uh, I think it was truck parts in. Right. A gentleman that I met when I was in the Charlotte airport who brought mm-hmm. that up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to that point of the inventory needs to be replenished, and that in itself. And then people, you know, basically having cabin fever for a month, getting out and saying, Okay, let's go. You could see a big bump, and so maybe the second quarter wouldn't be as bad as being as being predicted. Maybe it will be a horrible first quarter, right? Or maybe it will end up being two or three percent uh, negative growth for the first and second quarter, and not a huge ten percent. We don't know. Eight six six ninety red eye. Shell recently launched Shell Rotella T six fifteen W forty full synthetic. Megan Pino is Shell Rotella Global Brand Manager and tells us what was behind the development and more about the product. We are excited to launch this new full synthetic Shell Rotella T615W40. This is the first time we have a full synthetic in the 15W40 viscosity range. We know that truckers love 15W40. That is the primary viscosity grade used in the U.S. and Canada and really in many parts of the world as well. So our customers can enjoy some of the benefits of cold temperature properties, low temperature and high temperature, allowing for the oil to flow faster into the engine and protect it 
it better. Having a full synthetic also allows for extended drain opportunities for those that are trying to push the limits a little bit. But we always recommend following their manufacturer recommendations and doing oil analysis to ensure that they are changing when appropriate. For more, go to Rotella.com. This engine report is a service of Shell Rotella. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, on tonight's show, we'll probably have a better indication of where this uh, huge government spending is going to go. Yeah, probably so. And could we hear from Bernie Sanders today? 